Blog Talk Radio. It is Friday. You are tuned into another edition of Page One. I am LeVar, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Mary. What's going on? Not a whole lot. How are you? Doing all right. Actually, some very interesting stats. If you have not been following us over on News Comment BTR as of late, um, this is Blog Talk Radio Show, not this particular show, but this is Blog Talk Radio Show number one. Hundred and ninety-two, if you are counting. Closing in wow. shortly on two hundred shows. Sometime, probably at the rate that we are doing shows, it will happen sometime in May. So, if you are counting, and actually, here's a very interesting statistic. If you really want to get more into this, with Mary, today marks her sixty-sixth show. She did 53 shows under the cutting room floor title, 13 shows under page one. Overall, this is the 13th edition of page one since we started this current program in January. So, yeah, very interesting notes. Actually, I had a very a lot of interesting uh, uh, stats that I've been posting over the week over at News Comment BTR on Twitter, if you're following us over there. Uh, in preparation of um, our 200th show, I, I, I found it hard to believe that I've only done 34 one one lounges. It seems like I've done more, but mm-hmm. only 30. And actually, I want to note to everybody that we do have a 411 lounge coming up next Thursday, April 11th, 5.30 p.m. Central Time. Um, I guess at that time is going to be actor uh, Richard Gallian, who has a play opening up here in Chicago uh, Richard actually has uh, had, um, he's done modeling as well as acting. He actually had a role in a Dark Knight movie. So uh, he will right. be here next Thursday, 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So be on the lookout for that. We'll have more details on Twitter as the week goes on. Breaking news, before we came on the air, TMZ is reporting that actress Halle Berry, is pregnant with her second child. Uh, sources connected with the actress and her fiancé, uh, Olivier Martinez, tell TMZ that Hallie is expecting. So, what do you know? Wow, congratulations, Holly. <laughs> Hallie? Hallie? <laughs> I did say Hallie. What did it sound like? I thought you said Holly. <laughs> With an oh no god oh god I know who she is come on now. <laughs> oh so much business to take care of this week actually um, I'll do shout outs later I actually had one but uh, actually some sad news though uh, 
especially here in Chicago, uh, especially, I guess, around the world. Uh, but Roger Ebert passing away yesterday mm-hmm. uh, at the age of 70. Such a smart guy. I think a lot of people just think of him as that movie reviewer. But if that's all that you think of him as, sadly mistaken. Uh, smart guy, accomplished author. Just I think everyone who – and I was more amazed yesterday at, you know, all of the different – people from walks of life who actually had something to say on Twitter. I think I've seen everything from Jada De Laurentiis, you know, who has nothing to do with movies, uh, mm-hmm. to, you know, the Hollywood community, to people in media, to just people in politics, all walks of life who were touched in some way by his work. And I know, you know, I think when we – lose someone, especially I know here from, you know, this city who stayed here in this city because I know at that time him and Gene Sisko had plenty of offers to go and take their show out to Hollywood. They chose to stay here in Chicago, film it here. Uh, It's especially a much bigger loss on the landscape here because he did so much to bring those movies and that uh, genre here to the city. So uh, our thoughts and prayers certainly with uh, his wife, Chaz. So huge loss for film. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, we do have a show today, and one of the first things I wanted to talk about um, was a story that I saw last week. I don't know why at that time it interested me, but uh, the more and more I thought about it, the more elitist it kind of sounded. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A woman by the name of Susan Patton... uh, (laughs) has gotten herself into a little bit of a hot water. Uh, she wrote a letter to – she. Uh, well, let me give you a little background. Uh, she's a recently divorced mother, and she was president of Princeton's class of 1977. And she wrote a warning to future female Princeton alums and advised them to, quote, find a husband – during the times that they are in college, that's the time she says that they should be looking. But where she kind of got in the hot water even more so was that she said that they should find someone who was at Princeton. And she said, as Princeton women, we've almost priced ourselves out of the market, and thus should snag husbands before graduation, but also uh, pretty much at that point she said, not that she's anti-feminist, but... uh, she completely understands that not all women want to be married, but uh, not all women want a family, but not all women are uh, heterosexual. She says she got that. But women go to college for a lot of reasons. Women go to Princeton for the very rich academic experience that Princeton provides and has provided for 250 years. So I'm just saying, if as a young Princeton woman you were thinking that you would like to have not just professional success, but personal success as part of your life happiness, keep an open mind to the men that you're surrounded with now, namely the guys there at that school. You saw the report, read a lot of that. Did it come off? Is, does, is she right to have an opinion in which if you want to be successful as a woman that you should marry a guy? And I'm going to stretch out her question a little bit. And this this is my words, not hers. But to marry a guy who is, quote, at an upper-class university or college? Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's going to be – but then, you know what? There are people that drop out of school and they end up highly successful. 
you know, now I'm not saying that everybody that drops out is going to be highly successful, successful, but um, you have to have an open mind overall. I think she's bitter. <laughs> and, and she just comes up. The letter reeks of just hatred. Yes, it's just like snobbery. And, and her her ex-husband, uh, who they finalized their divorce last month, she said, quote, he went to a school of almost no-name recognition. Right. <laughs> she said a school like, that, that nobody has. Mattered. It's not the school. She's just, she's just bitter, bitter. I don't like her letter. <laughs> Bitter. I mean, honest. Now, whether or not you, I do think that you should. I mean, if you're a college grad, a lot. This is gonna sound so bad. You can write me at Louise Mama on Twitter and bless me all you want. Um, if you if you are in if you are getting a college education and actually getting an education, um, not just going for the parties, you're probably going to do better in a relationship with someone that has the same level of not necessarily formal education, but education as you. So if you are very smart, you can't make it with someone who barely can read. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What made this worse, I think, as I read along in that whole thing, she said, end quote, that – she said, yes, I wish I had married someone who went to Princeton. That way I could have embraced Princeton for the 30 years that I stayed away from it because my ex-husband had no respect for the hoopla, the traditions, the allegiance, the orange and black. God. <laughs> what I thought. Seriously, the first time I read it, I was like, oh, God, please. You stayed away from it because you stayed away from it. You could have gone to, back to Princeton and not. No, that's uh, between you and your ex-husband. You are a bitter woman. Done. It, 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 it smelled of nothing but like elitism and pretty much like snobbery. And, and like I said, it's you could be proud of your school, but at the same time, just to like pretty much close off the world and say, hey, unless you went to Princeton, you're not marriage material. Pretty much at that point. And then now she's oh, had to yeah. back away from it, you know. And yeah, you're right. It, it smells of a woman who pretty much just <laughs> was. Very, very and she's bitter. Using, and she's she's not facing whatever issue it is that she really has, so she's putting it down as Princeton marrying young thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, she's picking this as her knife. Why, I have no idea, but that's the knife she's picking. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, good luck to you, lady. Uh, maybe you'll find somebody at your alumni club or if you go back to the games and you're big uh, – Raccoon coat with your pennant hanging in there, and your <laughs> exactly. She might find that snobby. With your snifter of brandy <laughs> around the fire, <laughs> somewhere around there. I don't know. <laughs> it'd be funny if she. It'd be funny if a Harvard guy sweeps her off her feet. That would be <gasps> sacrilege. <laughs> or a Yale grad. <laughs> oh no, not Yale. <laughs> Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I think of. You know, that's sad. That's all I think about is that, that up that upscale, like, uh, Chicken and Nose Water Brothers cartoons, the one that used to always chase uh, Foghorn Lakehorn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 
That's the only one I can think of when I can think of like snobbish. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I love it. You think of a chicken. Yep, I think of that snobbish chicken because yeah, that was like the personification of like snobby that that voice that just that kind of that voice that speaks down to you like yes like that, that yeah that's, yeah <laughs> that's all I think of I know that's sad I've lo- I've lost I've you know I've lost my calling when I did not do cartoon voices and actually this week I tweeted something to Ellen DeGeneres because they are coming out with the sequel to um, Finding Nemo. Well, which is right. going to be called Finding Dory. And I told her, I said, yes. I said, I want to, you know, be the smart but jokey blackfish in that movie. <laughs> there is one. <laughs> Somehow, somewhere, I'll find my way. <laughs> she has not you responded. Could, you know, you could be an octopus. I yeah, could. Or yeah. I could be like a shark. <laughs> no, shark is, no. They've already determined the shark's going to be like the, you know, no. Bruce. <laughs> Hi, Bruce. <laughs> you know what? I've never seen Finding Nemo. I'm sorry, I just dropped the phone. What? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I've never, I've never, I've seen bits and pieces of the movie, but I've never watched the movie. Yeah, see, now you're talking to somebody whose entire family knows the entire movie from start to finish. And if you started me somewhere in the movie, I could probably start quoting the entire thing. So I'm going to stop now. <laughs> So yeah, so I know with your Disney movies, your Disney movie collection, you can pretty much write that off on your taxes. Speaking of yes, <laughs> not what I chose, but okay. Speaking of which, we are about ten days away from tax time, and uh, for those of you uh, who, you know, probably aren't getting a lot of laughs out of that right now. There's a very interesting article from CBS News contributor and Alice Melody Hobson who kind of gave us a good break and away from the stresses of taxes to talk about the fairly ridiculous write-offs that the IRS uh, has allowed and some crazy things that people have tried and failed to slip by the IRS. Now, according to that, she says, first you'd be amazed about what people try to write off concerning their pets, and it's no wonder why they're expensive. According to the ASPCA, Dogs and cats both cost over $1,000 a year. There was the case of a woman who claimed an unusually high amount of medical expenses for a dependent, but she didn't have a spouse or any children. Turns out the dependent was her dog. Her accountant set her straight that it's, if it's covered in fur, you can't claim it as a dependent. So in general, <laughs> pet expenses are not deductible, but there are a couple of surprising exceptions. Now, for instance, you can deduct expenses related to a foster animal if the goods or services are solely for the foster pet and if the organization is a registered nonprofit. Now, I'm not going to go into all of that different stuff, but uh, it requires letters and certain deductible rates and everything else. And another case in which you can deduct dog expenses if you own your own business and your dog doubles as a security system, but don't push it. You can't deduct expenses for your chihuahua if you're going to claim your or employ Fido as a guard dog. You need to be a little bit of you know afraid of him and yourself. So pretty much it has to be pit bulls, German shepherds, and um, not the you know the small foo foo dogs as we call it. Um, right. <laughs> and then it says some people want to get paid for love, and sometimes they actually can't. 
It says you know it at a loaf uh, and loaf of a boyfriend or girlfriend. They could add value come tax time. To claim a non-relative as a dependent, he or she had to live in your home for the full tax year and make less than $3,800 in gross income for 2012. Now, you also generally must provide more than half of that person's financial support, and he or she can't be claimed as a dependent by anyone else. Didn't know that. Um, now, there's there been a couple of... There are some people that I'd like to know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Some people we know that probably could do that. Um, there have been a couple of completely ridiculous claims in that area, such as the man who tried to deduct money spent on his mistress as a business expense. There's also another story about a man whose accountant asked him and his wife about the mortgage interest deduction on their uh, condo in Utah. The deduction was legitimate, but his wife didn't know about the condo where he had set up his mistress. It might have been the last time they filed a joint return. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and cosmetic That's surgery. An interesting way of finding that that out. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? You're like, what about that condo in Utah? Uh, what condo? Uh, whoops. <laughs> cosmetic surgery is generally not deductible because it's for you know aesthetic reasons. But to qualify as a medical deduction, the procedure must be medically necessary, meaning it was prescribed by a physician. So a nose job could qualify if you're repairing a deviated septum. Remember, all of your medical expenses, including any allowable plastic surgeries, must come to more than 7.5% of your adjusted gross income before you can claim it. And there's been stories about an exotic dancer uh, who had her breast augmented, and after the IRS ruled that her surgeries were personal expenses, she appealed, uh, citing her surge in income post-surgery. Four years after she filed, a judge eventually ruled that the implants could be deducted, Comparing them to work clothes and uniforms, which are allowable only if they satisfy a two-step test. One, it was required as a condition of employment, and two, uh, it was unsuitable for everyday use. So she won, too, and uh, very interesting stuff. So question, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so the question here today, and the fun question here, is that if you could deduct anything for tax purposes, what would it be? Not something well, mine would be world. my dogs. <laughs> mine would be my dogs. I'd be one hundred percent all my dogs, and I keep thinking like I should start a business so that I can deduct them. <laughs> Could this be considered a business? Uh, no. No. Okay. No. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it's but different. I I love that if it's covered in fur, it's not cover. It's not deductible. What yeah. if your husband? There's some I know some very hairy people. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> Just saying. Is it is it true that if you do shave a man's back he purrs like a walrus? <laughs> <laughs> I I haven't tried. I wouldn't <laughs> I got that from Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, Meg, if you if you jump into a pool and stand up and it looks like Sasquatch, I'm sorry. <laughs> or like Chewbacca? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> 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 so bad. <laughs> sorry. But yeah, mine would be my dogs. Back on topic. Mine would be my dogs. Because <laughs> I have two, and they're almost as expensive as my child. That $1,000 is not true. But see, I'm trying to wonder if I can deduct for this show. 
<laughs> no, we can't. Now, with our budget of zero dollars, I would see. I know I've got to start spending a little bit to deduct for this show. Um, <laughs> because we work with such a high end budget, you know, <laughs> it's expensive to put on each week. But, exactly. um, you know, you no, might be able actually, to claim your phone bill as part of the show. Actually, yes. Actually, you know what? We The show requires a phone, the show requires the internet. The show requires um, a couple other things, electricity. You know, so on top of that, yeah, th- this show, I wonder if it can exactly. be deducted. We'll, we'll have to get a tax person on here if we can before the 15th to see if I can deduct for that. But uh, if so, we so all... what about you other than the show? Uh, my man hours, uh, putting in the show. Uh, what about me? Well, you know what, beside the show, um, you know what, I think if I could... If I can get anything deducted, I would say probably, you know, and I thought about this throughout the week, and it was like a bunch of like little stupid stuff. But I said, you know, if I could get deducted at least one lunch a month. Right. <laughs> one nice lunch a month where I can go somewhere, you know, I can get back the money on that. So if I want to go to some fancy steakhouse downtown. I can get that deducted. And for a year, that would be 12 dinners, so get that deducted. I would love to get that deducted or something, but not going to happen. So no. not going to happen. Or my clothes. You know what? I would actually say that if I spend a certain amount over on my wardrobe, because actually I thought about this years ago, and I tried to do it because I used to work for a job in which, you know, it always requires shirts and ties. Right. And you know, for the longest time, that cleaning bill gets pretty expensive. And it wasn't until a friend of mine, I was naive about this stuff years ago, and a friend of mine was like, you know, you can get that stuff deducted. I was like, really? And I started saving, like, every cleaning receipt known to man. <laughs> and I think my tax person told me that it had to be a certain amount, though, before it can get deducted. I'm like, really? you got to spend all of this just before you can get to that? So, yeah, I... Never made enough to get it deducted. But, yeah, I think wardrobe is another thing I would like to get deducted on. Because you're out in public, you need clothes, and thank no you. shoes, no shirt. Huh? I said thank you. <laughs> yeah, no shoes, no shirt, no service. So I have to, you know, get serviced, you know, at a business somewhere because I need it. So, yes, I want to get deducted for it. <laughs> there we go. You for your pets, me for my clothes. <laughs> you... You like to be clothed. I like to have furry animals running around the house. <laughs> There's a joke there, but I'm not going to go there. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> darn. And uh, <laughs> finally today, a new granola claims to help boost the libido in both men and women. Sex cereal, which bears the slogan, Fuel Your Fire, comes in him and her versions. Now, the ingredients contained in each variety are said to naturally help balance hormone levels and enhance sexual desire. Toronto-based entrepreneur Philip Ehrlich, who's behind the product, warned that the results are not instant. He says, quote, if you have a bowl of my cereal, you're not going to get an erection in 20 minutes. To create the passion-inducing formulas, he recruited a team of nutritional experts. A combination of bee pollen, black sesame, Blueberries and pumpkin seeds promise to help the men's performance in the bedroom. And for the ladies, a mix of ginger, sunflower seeds, almonds, and flax seeds were found to have the same effect. 
Now, he told the Toronto Sun that he set out to create something, quote, sexy and fun in the health food industry. He says sexual health is so important. Everything is very serious. Now, to make his product stand out, he decided to place a blonde pinup on the women's packet and a hunky male model on the men's version. A scantily clad female snake charmer coaxing a snake out of a basket also appears on both options. Now, sex cereal launched last July, but it attracted publicity after he appeared on the Canadian version of Dragon's Den. I don't know what show that was. this February. But the cereal, if you're interested in it, it's priced around $13 and currently only available in Canada. Uh, Mr. Ehrlich hopes to expand his distribution. Now, testimonials on the website reveal that there have been a few satisfied customers. Uh, he says, I'm, one person wrote, I'm not sure, but I think I have better sex now after breakfast. And another ad, I just want to say thank you. My boyfriend and I take out the sex cereal and have the most romantic breakfast together. Are you buying or selling the ability of sex cereal? Well, I mean, I, I the the ingredients that he's talking about, other than the the women's ingredients, sound awful lot like heart health ingredients more than <laughs> sexual health ingredients. But overall, there are obviously uh, natural aphrodisiacs, natural ingredients that do boost stamina and health and and promote circulation. So those things would help in the bedroom. Trying to be very serious about this. Um, so. Overall, those ingredients in the cereal would, in some effect, help. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. <laughs> like, like, how would you like to? How uh, the problem is? I have a child, so I can't do it. But if I was a single person in my own place, and you know, I had somebody over, it'd be like, so would you like some sex cereal? That's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's just fun. That could also be too. That's just. <laughs> well, I was gonna say that can also mean two things, especially if you don't have cereal. But I digress. But I <laughs> you're about it. Um, here, I'll, I'll provide the milk. <laughs> oh, try to be good, Lamar. Um, <laughs> it, um, I don't know. You know. There's a lot of things out there now. Now, probably if you came across this 10, 15 years ago, I doubt the validity of such a cereal. But now that we are in this era of, you know, uh, Viagra and, you know, now the Viagra for women and everything else, I actually think this guy may be on to something. And <laughs> I think right now at $13, uh, you know, box for that stuff, it may be higher once it is proven to work or people start to believe in it. Right. So I think it should go lower. I think it should be more like $10 a box, still higher than a regular cereal at $4, but it should be like a $10 box instead of 13 But like I, I said, I, legitimate. there have been legitimate studies about holistic things that people can use to help their health lives just in general that also have a side benefit of increasing your libido, increasing your stamina, increasing the the chances for you to, um, if you're having problems with getting an erection or getting aroused, increases those um, possibilities for you. So no. I don't I don't see how he's not wrong. I'm not gonna say he's wrong. But I, I, it's just fun. I'm sorry. I'm so stuck <laughs> on the fact that it's fun. 
I do have a question about that. Do you put a warning? Do you put a warning label on that box, or do you like sell it to people eighteen and over? I don't know how you how that would work. <laughs> I don't want to teenagers buying that stuff. Regardless of age, anybody can have it. I no, I don't want no kid eating sex cereal. Come on now. <laughs> no, that's the point. That's what I'm saying. His cereal, the ingredients that I read, at least for the women's version, they are used for heart health. Um, they're used for increased circulation. They're used for, um, you know, decreasing strokes, um, decreasing cholesterol, things of that nature. And a child could have that. I don't see why not. Especially if you have like history of heart disease or heart attacks or stroke in your family or risk factors in your family. So why wouldn't they? You just can't put it on the box as sex cereal. That's, that's but he's going to sell it as that. That's where it takes it away. He'll, he'll sell it as that, and that's where we'll have to leave it for this week because the clock on the wall is telling us that we're running out of time. Any shout-outs for this week? No, I want to say hi to Brian. He is an electrical, um, industrial electrician. Um, he listens to the show over in huh. Ohio, I think he's in now, which, of course, I said that I can't mention because it's Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hi, Brian. And uh, my shout-out this week to Rosario Dawson, who actually favorited and retweeted a couple of my tweets this week. Loved them. Her new movie, Trance, comes out today. Limited run in theaters. So, Yes, hi, Rosario. Oh, man. If she listens to the show, that is awesome. I know. That would be nice. It would be even more nice if she were here. But um, that's another story for another day. (laughs) But uh, everyone. Yeah, don't forget, next Thursday, 411 Lounge, 530, Richard Gallian, and then we'll be back here next Friday with another edition of Page One. So thank you once again, my friend. I will see you next week. And for Mary, I'm LeVar. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you again next week.